for some reason, for some reason, I just sensed that that song just ministered to some of you. That's a New Hope original song, and it is so good, is it not, to sing about the faithfulness of God. Hey, you might know this, but the word says that even when we are faithless, our God is faithful. And in a season such as this, and I don't just mean COVID-19, I mean Holy Week. You know, it begins today. It is a good time to remember that ours is a God who is faithful. As we get ready to open up the word today, why don't we just pray to that God and ask that he would once again show himself faithful in the reading and the preaching and the hearing of his word. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your word that continues to minister to us in this season. And God, we thank you for Holy Week. And even though it's going to be different as we are not together in person, we thank you yet again, oh God, that you can redeem technology and you can connect us, God. We thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ, where you put on display once and for all your faithfulness. God, speak to us today, we pray. Open up our hearts, our minds, and our lives and minister to us. We are here to hear your word and we pray it all in Jesus' name. And the people of God said together, amen. So I want to welcome all of our guests and all of our campuses. Welcome to Holy Week. Never in my wildest dreams would I have imagined that we will spend Holy Week separated in social distancing. But I don't know about you. I am just really thankful that we can redeem technology and we can stay connected in these crazy crazy days. I know I said it last week, but I miss you, New Hope, and I cannot wait for the day. And it will come when we will be back together. I must also say just a moment as well, I just want to give a huge shout out to all the pastors and the staff of our church. And these, these are pastors and staff of our church up here on the stage with me, but there are many more. And uh, they have just been working really, really hard. They've pivoted with me. They're, they're throwing out through social media and online platforms content. And uh, they're just really helping us as a church stay connected and growing in our faith. And and I am just so thankful for you. Hey, um, we are going to have a special Easter next week. And we're calling it Easter at Home. Everybody say that with me. Easter at Home. And uh, here's what we're going to do. In typical New Hope style, we are going to take the online experience to a whole nother level. We have been working on this. My wife has been spearheading this Easter online project and the staff are working really, really hard. Check it out. We have created kits for you to stop by your campus and pick up these Easter at home 
kits, which will enable you and your family to celebrate Easter weekend. There will even be communion elements in your kit where you can be ready to celebrate Holy Communion with us next Sunday. If you don't get to a campus and you don't get a kit, no worries. Just show up next Sunday and have a piece of bread. Any kind of bread will do. Uh, Any kind of wine or juice will do as well. Bring that to the online experience uh, so that we can celebrate Holy Communion next week. Now, to get your kit, uh, here's what you got to do. We need you to text the word Easter to 59769. Again, Easter, E-A-S-T-E-R to 59769. Follow the instructions. We will have an Easter at home kit ready for you. You can come by your campus. You can actually just drive by and pick it up. You don't even have to get out of your car. And we're really, really excited about Easter 2020, even though... We are not going to be on site together. Hey, speaking of Easter, um, I don't know if you've heard, but I am actually, come on, Raven, you're going to love this. I'm actually going to be preaching in a cemetery next Sunday on Easter Sunday morning. Not just any cemetery, but where Amy Lynn and I have our two burial plots where we will be buried, hopefully not soon and very soon, but I'm going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ on a burial plot next week and celebrate the fact that ours is a God who has overcome death, and we too can overcome death and anything else that's coming our way. So I am really, really excited about that. Let me go and tell you where we're going after that. The Sunday after Easter, I've had this message brewing in me for a few weeks now. I'm going to teach a message that I've titled, Things We Should Be Learning from COVID-19. Things We Should Be Learning from COVID-19. And you might wonder, why am I going to be teaching that in the midst of it? Why don't I wait till it's all said and done? Because I'm so certain that there are some things that God wants us to learn in the midst of this season. I wanna go ahead and get it out there for us. So you don't wanna miss that. But today, everybody say today. Today, today we're gonna wrap up the third installment of Faith Over Fear. Grab your Bibles if you have them. Open up your app, whatever the case may be. A friend of mine used to say this. He would say this. You better be killing sin or sin will be killing you. You better be killing sin or sin will be killing you. There is a lot of truth in that one statement. And I hope now that we are getting to the end of this series, Faith Over Fear, I hope that you have come to believe that that fear and worry and anxiety is actually a sin. Now, we all fall prey to it, but I hope you've come to actually realize that these things, again, fear or worry or anxiety are detrimental to our mental and physical health. This is why the Bible says over and over and over, do not fear or fear not. The Bible has a lot to say about fear, which is why I think so many of us have been leaning in to this series. You'll see this on the screens. The most common command given in scripture is fear not. This command is repeated 
365 times in the Bible, guys. And I think it's because God knew that one of the number one issues that we would struggle with is this issue of anxiety and fear. And I think that God knew that if we didn't figure out how to eradicate this from our lives, even in the midst of the coronavirus, that it would kill us. It would, it would be very detrimental to our health. And so I wanna talk to you today about fear, but I'm gonna frame it in this whole concept of worry, maybe in a web of worry. I've been spending some time in the woods like you. I've been home a lot, and um, I've been walking in the woods a lot. And uh, the other day, it happened again. I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, but I've walked into a big old spider web. <sighs> and you know, you try to get it all off of you, but it seems like the more you move, the more you try to pull it off, you, you just can't get it off of you. And I thought about this. I want to talk to you about the web of worry. If worry is the web, the thing that spins that web most often is fear. Stick with me for a moment. This is one of the reasons why the Bible speaks so much about fear, because it actually helps bring about all of this worry in our lives. I, most of you guys probably know this. You're artists, so you're, you're good at this stuff, but most people are not. The, the, the greatest fear, they tell us, that people have is the fear of public speaking. It just freaks people out. And I can let you know, I can publicly attest to that. I worry almost every time before I come out on the stage. Why? Because I am fearful of certain things. Fear is the web that leads to worry. I'm fearful that I'll say something stupid. <laughs> Just to be honest with you, I'm fearful quite often that, can I say this, that my fly is open. <laughs> All the time. Like most of you don't know, it's backstage. That's usually the last thing I'm checking. And then sometimes I forget to check it. And then I walk out on the stage and then I'm fearful for the rest of the message because what I want to do is look down and check it while I'm talking to you. But that would be idiotic. Right? And so <laughs> this fear of public speaking. Let me ask you a serious question, all joking aside. What keeps you up at night? What, what do you worry about, John? Bradford, I know what you're worrying about. You got a newborn baby. You, you and Kaylee have enough to worry about. But, but what keeps you up at night? What do you find that causes you to worry. What are you afraid of? Of course, we all know it's the coronavirus these days, but maybe, come on, maybe you were a warrior before the coronavirus. Come on. And now the compounding effect of all of this, you just feel like it is about to do you in. The Bible story that I want us to camp out on today, oh, church, it is a good one. It's in the Old Testament. It's from a guy that I believe we can learn a lot about, a guy by the name of Gideon. Gideon and his story, I got, I got some people who love Gideon in the Old Testament. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to the book of Judges. The book of Judges. And let's go get this today and see what exactly God has in store for us. Now, a little bit of the backstory. The nation of Israel is being picked on and pushed around on the playground by this group of people called the Midianites. Everybody say Midianite. Midianite. 
resulting in them, i.e. the Israelites, hiding in shelters up in the mountains and deep in caves. Listen, guys. They were paralyzed by fear. They were paralyzed by fear. Enter stage left, if you will, Gideon. He was a leader for Israel. He's even mentioned in the Faith Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11. But when we pick up his story in Judges chapter 6, let me tell you something. He doesn't look like a hero. In fact, he deals with fear in a way that I think many of us can relate to at such a time is this. Judges chapter 6 verse 11. Come on, if you love the word of the Lord, let me hear you say amen. Amen. Here we go. Here we go. Judges 6. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. Now check this out. Gideon is down in a wine press threshing wheat. To which you might say, so what? What's the big deal? No, 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 no. This is incredibly strange. A wine press was a hole in the ground that was used for pressing grapes, not the place where you thresh wheat. The place where you thresh wheat was above the ground in an open field where the wind could do what? Blow the chaff away precisely. But Gideon is so fearful that he is hiding out in a pit to avoid being seen by the Midianites. Let me put it in in contemporary terms, if you would. It would be like me saying, hey, if you need me, I'll be down in the basement doing some gardening. (laughs) Makes about that much sense, right? An angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Now, that's not even in my notes. Isn't it interesting that Gideon is cowarding in the bottom of a wine press, hiding when he should be out in the open, and yet the angel of the Lord calls him a mighty hero. God does not always look at where you currently are, but God sees the potential of where you can be and what he wants to do in your life. I love this. I can't tell if the angel is being sarcastic or sincere. (laughs) I I really can't, but I'm going to assume he was being sincere. Gideon hits back with three questions and a statement. So as I read this next part, I want want you to see if you can mark them or or identify the, the three questions and a statement. Verses 12 and 13. Here we go. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, Why has all this happened to us? Oh, my Lord. That's a question that we can relate to. Have you ever had that question? If God is with me, then why is all of this happening? If God was in this marriage, then why did she walk out on me? If God was in this job and I'm convinced that I felt led of the Lord when I took the job, why did I just lose my job? If the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Remember three questions in a statement. See if you can identify them. Didn't they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt? 
But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Now behind each of these three questions and the statement is fear. Behind each of these three questions and the statement is what? Fear. Write it down in the margins of your Bible. It's fear. And as I told you, fear is kind of what brings about the web of worry. If you are with us, God, why is this happening? If you are for us, Lord, why are we in the midst of a coronavirus? Why did that happen? And here's what I've come to realize. I hope you will jot these few things down before we get into application today. Anger is a reflex of fear. Say it with me. Anger is a reflex of fear. Most of you know, and if you don't know, you haven't heard me because I've shared it from this stage several times. Most of you know that my default emotion for most of my life has been the emotion of anger. And so I, I think, and I don't say this in any, any kind of good way, I think I have become a pretty good student of anger because I've worked really, really hard in going to school on why I was such an angry teenager, why I was raging out against the world and against culture and against family. And one of the things I've figured out in the last 30 years is that anger is a reflex of fear. A lot of the world's fears get expressed in anger. Hurt people hurt people. I'm sure you've heard that before. Now, I love how God just lets him vent. He doesn't try to sway him or shame him. Look at verses 14 and 15. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh and I am the least in my entire family. What strength. Gideon doesn't appear to be in a position of strength. He's in a pit hiding out. His anger becomes insecurity. Check this out. If, again, if you're a note taker, write this second thing down. Anger, anger is a reflex of fear. We just covered that. Insecurity is a reflection of fear. Anger is a reflex of fear. Insecurity is a reflection of of fear. A lot of our negative thinking comes from our own insecurities that come from fear. Insecure people have this inner dialogue playing in their minds almost all the time. Come on, ladies and men, tell me if this is not real. Ladies, it normally looks like this. I am not blank enough. Come on, ladies. I am not, you fill in the blank, enough. Hey guys, come on. Here's our dialogue. Do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes 
to be the man God's calling me to be? Do I have what it takes to rise up and be a good husband? Oh my Lord, I have a baby. Do I have what it takes to be a good dad? Out of all the ways God could have responded to him, look at verse 16, y'all back to the text. Don't you just love the word? Oh, I love the word of God. Look at verse 16. The Lord said to him, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Remember Gideon's hiding out in a hole and God says, I'll be with you. Not only will I be with you in your insecurity, in your fears, but I will use you to destroy the enemy. Notice the source of his strength, which shatters our fears. It's an incredible truth, church. And yet, back to the text, verse 17. Gideon replied, if you are truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that it is really the Lord speaking to me. Any of you guys ever ask God for a sign? <laughs> Give me a sign. Gideon's like, I don't know if I can believe this, Lord. Give me a sign. Show me. Prove to me that it's really you speaking. So if anger is a reflex of fear, insecurity is a reflection of fear, jot this one down, control issues are a response to fear. Control issues are a response to fear. I think this is why many of us, and, and you might be watching this online, you might not even be a part of our church, you might not be involved in a church, you might not be a Christian. We wanna tell you we love you, we are so glad you are a part of this online experience and we hope you'll come back every single week. But for some of us, that's why you have been pushing God away. You see Christianity as a form of control rather than an invitation to freedom. We see religion as brainwashing, come on, rather than soul cleansing. Oh, just read the words of Jesus. It is exactly the opposite. I know you're, you're open in the Old Testament, but Matthew 11 says this. You can stay where you are. Just let me read it. Matthew 11, these are the words of Jesus Christ. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you what? Rest. Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Maybe you've logged on just to hear that today. Christianity is not about brainwashing you. Christianity is about soul cleansing you so that you can live in the freedom of who God has designed and created you to be in the first place. 
Gideon was able to let go of his fears and step into faith. Faith isn't just trying real hard to believe. No, in times like this, faith is living differently. It's meaning that I'm going to step into my fears with the strength that God provides. I'm going to lean on him and with God on my side, that always makes a majority. And with God on my side, I can live in the season of COVID-19 and know that it will be okay. The enemy wants to keep you pinned down in that wine press, underground, in the dark, shackled to your fears so that you miss out on God's unique calling in your life. He uses fear, does he not, to suppress us. Step into your fear and see what God might do on your side. I'm not asking you to just totally ignore your fear. Step into it. But step into it in the power and the strength of our Lord God. And watch him defeat our enemies. Let me just wrap up today with just a little bit of application. And I'm done. Here's a question for you to think about. Where am I standing in the midst of COVID-19. Where am I standing? I don't know if any of you have ever used this before. I'm gonna let it be known right here publicly in front of everybody. I think I might've stood on one of these maybe once in my life, maybe twice, I don't know. But this is, I don't know how you pronounce it. This is a basu ball? It's B-O-S-U, basu ball. And you're like, how do you know how to spell it? Because it's right there on top of the ball. <laughs> it's a basu ball. And uh, I, gra I grabbed this from the house. We have it up in our little gym area. And um, I just thought about this as I was thinking about this message. And I wanted to ask you at the end here, you know, where am I standing? If you've ever tried to stand, can I do it without touching the table? If you ever try to, these are great for your core, by the way. Really great core strengthening. But if you ever tried to stand on these, it's, it's wobbly, it's tricky. And you stand on that for a while and then you step off and you realize the unbelievable difference. There is not a lot of stability in this, my friend. Now I can lock it in and stand there for a while like this, but it's, it's not a lot of stability. You step off of one of these and you're on something stable. You're on something firm. Let me tell you something. Even in the midst of COVID-19, God does not change. God is steady. The Bible declares in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, you know what that means? That means that in the midst of a season like this where everything seems to be shaky and we can't even go to work and we have to stay home, it means that we need to stand on something rock solid and firm. In light of COVID-19, almost everything is not the same anymore. But I stopped by today to let you know that God is still the same. And just as we sang earlier, God is still faithful. Application, I'm gonna fly through these. Here's the first one. Lean on the everlasting rock solid promises of God. That's an old hymn. We used to sing it back in the day. Leaning on the everlasting arms. You guys remember that one? Lean on the everlasting rock solid promises of God. If you're building your sense of peace 
on anything else. Listen, listen. It's shaky. It's untrustworthy. But you lean on the everlasting promises of Almighty God and it's stable. Here's a second question. What am I doing? There's a connection between your peace and your practice. Oh, my. There's a, there's a, there's a connection, an inextricable link, if you will, between your peace or lack thereof and your practice or lack thereof. If overeating is my practice, come on, I can expect health issues. If I'm overspending, I can expect financial difficulties. When I step outside of God's intentions for me, it causes fear, which webs into worry. It's hard to have peace when I'm reckless with my words or my thoughts or my relationships. Here's the second thing, write it down, especially in a season like this. Develop a routine that helps you focus on the promises of God rather than the problems of your day. Most of us, come on, most of us have a lot of time on our hands. And many of us are working at home. I know, I know, we are. But you're in a new place and a new season. And for some of you, it's killing you. We talked about this a little bit last week. You're gonna be in front of the TV way too much. Can I just encourage you to develop a routine that helps you focus on the promises of God rather than the problems of your day? That's really Really important. Listen, some of you are pleading for the peace of God in your life over your worry and your fears. This could help you out big time. Set a new schedule. Set your clock. Get up. Think about your day. Jot down your day. What's going to be your routine to focus not on the problems of today, but on the promises of God? Listen, you'll see this on the screens. I don't get to control what I'm going through but I do get to control what I focus on. None of us can control what we're going through. We're all in it together. But oh my, I can control, and so can you, what I am focusing on. When you spot fear, here's the third thing, third point of application, stand your ground. Stand your ground. Exodus 14, 13 and 14 says this, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid. So I'm gonna look at you today and in the, in the words of Moses, don't be afraid. And then he says this, just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. And then the Bible ends with this little verse, just stay calm. Let God fight for you. Stand your ground and stand firm. Here's the fourth one, moving along quickly. Pray against the coronavirus and for peace. I've been wanting to say that and I just missed it last week and I just wanna make sure I get it today. Church, we should be praying against the coronavirus. Hey, 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 come get, get you some of this. I had this thought. What if, what if we usher in a pandemic of prayer? Oh my, what if the church universal would bring about a pandemic of prayer that would just wash over this world that we live in? Pray against the coronavirus and pray for peace. Philippians 4, 6, remember this? Straight from the series, anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Instead, remember what it said? Pray about 
everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Number five, lastly, trust God. I wonder if God is calling us in a season like this to trust him like never before. I really don't wonder that. I'm fully convinced of it. When I share the week after Easter, the things that I believe God wants to teach us as a result of the coronavirus, I'm certain that will be just one of them. I'm gonna have a long list of things. But church, we gotta trust him. And I know you're worried and we've spent a lot of time now. This, this ends, this wraps up, if you will, this series, Faith Over Fear. Three installments. If you missed any of them and this is a big need for you, go back and listen to them time and time again. Take notes in your Bible, study this. Then go back a few months ago and you'll find a series that I did titled Anxious for Nothing. And that was, that was a four-part series, if I'm not mistaken. So we've spent seven weeks, seven weeks, God knew that we would need anxious for nothing way back then, so he gave it to us. Seven weeks, seven messages for us to be able to make it through, and we will make it through. I promise you we will. But maybe, just maybe, one of the key things God wants to bring about in your life is a childlike faith to trust him, to put your head down at night and know that he still holds the world in the palm of his hands and he still holds you. And that if you will trust him, if you will lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, come on, acknowledge him, he will keep your paths straight. That's Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. I'm praying for you. I cannot wait to celebrate Easter with you next week. And I pray that you will take these steps of application and you will lean into God like never before and you will know that you know that everything is going to be okay. Let's pray about it and let's, let's transition to a song as we sing about the beautiful name of Jesus and how appropriate that we'll then go into a song, Hosanna. I hope you won't leave. I hope you won't click off. It's Palm Sunday. And I don't know if you've thought about this, but when Jesus came into Jerusalem, right at the top of the Mount of Olives, everything was going good, remember? And they were celebrating Hosanna in the highest. And then it all turned just like that. And it was only just a few weeks ago, come on, that it all turned for us. But Jesus trusted his father and he went straight to the cross for you and for me. And resurrection and victory came out on the other side. That's exactly what will be yours. That's exactly what will be mine if we put our trust in God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for who you are. You are trustworthy. You are faithful. And God, we thank you for this incredible story from Gideon. Thank you, God, that, that through his life, even though we many times wanna hide out in a hole as well, you call us up, you lift us up to higher ground. 
and the victory is yours. And thankfully, oh God, it is ours. Father, I pray for every single person who is gathering with us today through this online experience. Father, pour out your spirit upon them. God, give them the tenacity, the discipline to take these seven messages that we have we have embarked upon all about doing away with fear and anxiety. God, that you, would, that you would indelibly mark them deep in their hearts, in their minds, in their lives, that as the church, as your people, we can live in the midst of anxious times, but not be anxious. We can live in the midst of fearful times, but have faith over fear. We thank you for Jesus, God. We're gonna sing about it. What a beautiful name is the name of Jesus. Father, I wanna pray for every person out there, especially those who might not know you. When we get finished with that song, what a beautiful name, we're gonna sing a song titled Hosanna. And Hosanna simply means save us. And maybe you're on the other side of the screen, the technology, and that's really your heart cry. God, save me. I'm drowning over here. I'm, I'm lost. I'm worried. I'm anxious. It's dark. Save me. Hey, if that's you, I know I might not know you, but God loves you, and this church loves you. And if that's you and you desire for God to save you, the Bible says it's quite simple. The Bible says you simply receive the Lord Jesus and the Bible says you're born again. If you desire to have a relationship with God in Christ Jesus and be saved this day, why don't you pray this simple prayer after me? Say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner and I need you to be my savior. Lord Jesus, thank you for shedding your blood for me on a cross. I receive you. I ask that you forgive me of my sins and I ask that you would fill me on the inside. Help me live my life for you. Thank you. I am yours and you are mine. And I pray it all. In Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Now you guys know as well as I do that a lot of people on the other side just received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And we wanna let you know that we love you. We are proud of you. Welcome home and welcome to the family of God. And if you don't have a church, when we get back on site, and we will get back on site, come on and stop by any of our campuses and we promise will make you feel right at home. Hey, as we get ready to sing this song, it's time to receive today's uh, offering, God's tithes and offerings. And so just wanna encourage you, take out your phone, even before we start singing, you can text NH Movement to 77977. Again, that's NH Movement to 77977. Then you can just sit your phone aside, sing the song, and when you get back to your phone, it'll walk you through those instructions. Or you can always go to newhopechurch.org forward slash 
give. In either of those cases, you simply go in, figure out your tithe, click reoccurring, and thank you, thank you, thank you for sowing into the ministry of this church where we are doing everything we can do to offer people the hope of Jesus Christ. Hey, I love you. I'm praying for you, and I cannot wait to see you right back here next Sunday. I'll be in a cemetery, but we're going to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God bless you.